Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today we have a guest speaker for you, so open up your Bible and listen in. We have uh, a great speaker here with us today. My friend Mark's wife is the pastor at uh, Fairbanks First Assembly of God in Alaska, and he's um, has an effective ministry and church in that community. Mark came into my life speaking as a college retreat speaker and has shaped my thinking and my ministry, and I'm so honored. He's here to speak to all of our pastors in North Dakota this week, and we uh, got the opportunity to snag him on a Sunday morning. So will you give a warm evangel welcome to my friend Mark Zweifel as he comes today. I like that warm greeting. I'm from Fairbanks. It's the coldest city in North America. And, uh, but there's just a little bit of snow right now. How's everyone doing? You guys all having a good day? If you're not sure, poke your neighbor and say, it's going to be a great day. It's a great day to be alive. The alternative, well, um, super excited to be here. I was here yesterday for the party where they revealed the sex of the baby. They called it the gender reveal. I said, what's that? When I was a kid, it was male or female. And so, no. Uh, so excited for the baby boy. I have four daughters, and so you can pray for me. Um, there, I, I am, I am, I, I can tell you right now, estrogen terrorism is a fact. It happens. Um, it, it's, uh, the, man, the manifestation of that is naked Barbies all over the house. But, 19 months ago, my wife and I were blessed. We adopted a little Nupiat Eskimo boy from a small village up north. And uh, so we have a 19-month-old Eskimo boy at home who is all boy, and I love it. I see him. He grabs the Barbies. He pulls them apart. It's awesome. <laughs> and so um, it's like, finally. And uh, man, I, I, a couple of people have said, are you, the new pa- are you Pastor Winston? I thought, that is a compliment. And so, wow, what a staff you have here. And, and uh, uh, now here's the thing you, most of you don't know, but Corey, how many guys love your youth pastor and their wife, Corey and Brittany? And, uh, now, I don't know much about Corey, but man, his bride is sharp. She was in my youth group. And so, Small world, but it's good to be here uh, in Bismarck, and, and I'm honored to, to be here. You, you guys are in a series called uh, Making Change, and I am so excited for uh, the Bible college you're going to plant in Tanzania. I don't know about you, that pumps me up. And so uh, $55,000, some of you, you could probably plant a couple. One of you can write a check out for fifty five grand at the end of service if you want. No, um, he's going, oh, don't be... Uh, but I, I, I love missions. I, I worked in Las Vegas as a youth pastor, and I went from Las Vegas to Alaska to become the district youth director. Now I pla- uh, pastor a church. You might say, how do you get from uh, Vegas to Alaska? The Bible says to be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. So Seattle didn't work. <laughs> and so I am now in Fairbanks, the coldest city in North America, and uh, pastoring a church. Um, but the reason I love Alaska is the missions aspect of Alaska. There's 150 villages in Alaska that have no consistent gospel presentation on, on a weekly basis. There's no pastor in, any, in 150 of our communities. And I want to say thanks to your church. A few years ago, you came to Kotzebue on a missions trip and, and uh, invested in a community there. And I want to say thank you so much. Uh, today, I want, to, I want to tackle a topic and a question. Um, there are certain things in the Bible you don't find. You don't find the direct answer to. So you got to kind of ask a few questions and put some, put some things together to get to the answer. And I want to ask, ask the question today, what happens to those who never hear? Another way of saying that is, what happens to those in Tanzania if the Bible college isn't built, the pastors aren't trained, 
The people don't hear what happens to those who never hear? What happens if we don't uh, uh, send our missionaries? What happens if we don't fund our missionaries? What happens to those who never hear? What happens to your neighbors who never hear? If you're a teenager or a college, what happens to the classmates or those that are, are, are in the same class as you? What happens? I struggle with that question all my life because I like black and white. So I, I dove into the word. I went from Genesis to Revelation looking for, is there a theme? Can I, can I see how, it, how, how it, it, it comes out through the scriptures? And, and today I want to begin to answer that question by looking at Romans chapter 5. And if you have your Bibles, it's also on the screens. Romans chapter 5, starting verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged anyone's, against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command. As did Adam, who's the pattern of the one who's to come. Now, the reason this question is so hard to answer is there's not the proof text. I can't go to uh, uh, this, this chapter and this verse and say, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say, those who never hear, this is what happens. They stand on a head and spit BBs through a straw if they die. It doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but the first piece of the puzzle we find in this text right here, and, and the piece I want to focus on for a few moments is this words, the words, death through sin. You see, I think before we can answer the question, what happens to those who never hear church, we have to answer the question, what does sin really do to people? Until we know what sin does to people, we cannot really answer the question. In Romans 5, it says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that man is Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people, because all of sin. What, 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 what Paul is saying in the book of Romans is when, when sin entered the world, it didn't come by itself. It came and brought something with it, and what it brought with it is called death. Let's go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. God puts him in a, in, a, in a paradise. God puts him in, a, in the Garden of Eden. There was four rivers running into the Garden of Eden. It was an a, a, a agrarian paradise. It was a beautiful place. It was, it, it was, it was lush and it was, it, was, it was just beautiful. Everything was there. And God took Adam through the Garden of Eve and he says, you can eat from every tree, but the day you eat from this one tree, you'll surely die. And we know that Adam and Eve both took the fall of man began when they sinned. They, they took from a tree that God said do not eat from. They could eat from every tree that was there, but they took from the one tree they were not supposed to take from. And the Bible says, the day you'll eat, you'll surely die. Now is God like some of our parents who says, hey, if you do that, so help me, I'm gonna spank you or I'm gonna, you're disciplined or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like some parents, we say that or they, and, and we don't discipline. Is God the God that says the day you eat from there, you'll surely die? And then all of a sudden he goes, oh snap, I shouldn't have said that. No. He didn't have to say anything. Because the, he knew the moment they ate 
from that tree, the seeds of death would begin to spawn inside their life and outside of any hope and outside of any help, there was nothing he could do because the moment they ate, they began to die. And that's why Paul says, and death through sin. You might ask the question, why, why does God hate sin? Why does he hate sin? See, here's the thing. Sin isn't God's problem. God has never been tempted by sin. God lives in a a realm and a life beyond sin. Sin isn't God's problem. Sin is our problem. So if I ask the question, why does God hate sin? You might say, well, because he's holy. And you're right. You might say, well, because God is light in him. There's no darkness. You're right. But I think it's bigger than that. And the best to illustrate that, I'd like to share a story. Let's pretend like two random people. Let's call them Scott and Winston. They have the same haircuts. They both wear skinny jeans. I don't wear skinny jeans because if I wore skinny jeans, I look like a hippopotamus on a pogo stick. (laughs) And Scott and Winston grew up in Beulah. And they they were they were the top of their class, all four of them, and they they were good students, and they were best friends, and they they did Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and Rangers and Impact and Girls. They did everything together. They they dated the same girl at different times. They went to prom together. I mean, they were best friends, and they went to college together. They 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 did their pre med together, and then they went on to get uh, their 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 medical degrees. And and Winston became a brain surgeon, and Scott became a family practitioner, and they moved back to Beulah to set up their practice. Because that's where everyone does brain surgery. <laughs> and to keep uh, Winston, to keep up his credentials, Winston had to every year get his physical done. And so he went in this year, this one year, and Scott off, you know, did the physical for him and drew his blood and set it off. And one particular year he says, Winston, can you come back? He says, there's something wrong with your blood or, or we just need to get a, a larger sample. And, and they sent it off and the, the blood came back saying that Winston had a rare form of cancer. They'd gone to every part of his physical body. Every main organ was, was uh, affected by it and influenced by it. And uh, Scott, who had a 30-year friendship with Winston, calls him in and says, I don't know how to say this, Winston. I wish I was joking. And this, I couldn't joke about this. He says, but you have a rare form of cancer. And from the studies and what we've checked out, it's, there's, no, there's no cure. It's fast. It's rapid. It's gone to every major organ of your body, and there's no hope. And Winston's sitting there and his face gets white and Scott's over here thinking about all the pranks they did in college and the things they did and all of a sudden, Scott stands up and he says, I hate cancer. I hate it. I hate cancer. Scott doesn't have cancer. Scott lives uninfluenced in his physical body by cancer, but why does Scott hate cancer? Because cancer's killing his best friend. And there's nothing he can do about it. You know why God hates sin, church? God hates sin because sin kills people. God hates sin because sin is killing people that he desperately loves. You see, God doesn't kill sinners. God judges sinners. Sin kills sinners. 
God's purpose from the beginning of time has always been to redeem sinners, to purchase them, to bring them back to life. That's what he puts his entire energy in, uh, in humanity. He, he's always been about loving and redeeming, but sin kills. It's the nature of sin to kill. You see, you sin, you die, I can't stop it is what he's saying. That's why Ezekiel said multiple times in in, in the, the prophetic book, he says, the soul that sins, it shall die. He's not saying that because he wants to scare people and manipulate them into living a lifestyle that's right. Oh, if you sin, you're gonna die. No, he's saying that's how it works. I interned in Silverthorne, Colorado during college and it's about 8,000 feet altitude and and I remember uh, one of our re- retired board, one of our board members retired um, from Texas, moved up and sold his ranch, and he's kind of a cowboy type guy. And uh, he shows up one day. He says, "Hey, brother Mark, you're the intern, and you're in charge of mowing the lawn." He said, "We have a short growing season this high up in the mountains, and it rains every day in the afternoon." He says, "So, son, I bought this high price fertilizer for you." You looked as stumped as a calf staring at a new fence post, son. You listening? He said, yes, sir. He said, it's expensive fertilizer. He says, it's guaranteed to make the grass grow and the weeds die. He says, read the directions. Now, he drives off, and five minutes later, someone pulls in and says, hey, Mark, I got an extra ticket for the, the Colorado Rockies. You want to come? I said, I'd love to. He says, you got to be ready in 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, and I'm reading the back of my fertilizer bag that he said to do by 3 o'clock. It's 2.45. He's got to leave by 3 o'clock to, 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 for the game. And so I read the back, and it's got pi- a picture on the back. Probably because guys are the ones that do fertilizer, so pictures are better. <laughs> and it's got like quarters and dimes on the ground, and it's got sprinkles of fertilizer. And it says, apply like this. I'm thinking, that's going to take way too long. So I ripped the top off the bag, like some of you would. And I started to just kind of throw it out on the grass. And, and I was done in five minutes. It was great. I got it all. The whole bag was empty. I just, at the, near the end, you know, you're kind of going like this. And, and there's some areas that probably didn't look exactly like the photo. But I was okay with that because it was inaugural year of the Colorado Rockies. And I had a ticket and I was going. But you know what happened? I showed up for church the next day and I was shocked. You know what that narrow-minded chemical, bigoted chemical company did? They watched me put the fertilizer on. And they watched me do it wrong. Do you know what they did? I can't believe it. I'm exposing them in front of you today. They showed up and killed the grass. Because they were upset I didn't put it on the way they said I should put it on. Think about that. Just because it was a little too thick in one spot didn't mean they had to come move it away, spray some killer, make it yellow, and then put the, the stuff back on. They killed my grass because they, they want to control people's lives in America. Can you believe that? Come on. Someone needs to pick that up as a presidential candidate. No! You know why the grass didn't live in those areas? Because the chemical company understood if you put the, 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 if you put the fertilizer on the grass like this, you get life. You do it your own way, I can't promise you the results you're going to want. 
That's why Ezekiel said, the soul that sins, it shall die. Because God understands that there's something called sin and sin kills. That's why Paul said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. All sin, all die, no hope. That's why John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish. Friends, do you understand? We say John 3.16 all the time. That's one of the, maybe the first verses if you grew up in church that you've ever memorized. Was, but it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son on the cross to die. So whoever believes in him will not perish. He assumes everyone outside of a relationship with him is perishing. Why? Because it's the nature of sin to kill. But 2,000 years ago, God did something. 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to die on the cross. He sent him on the plane of history. And the greatest, the greatest step in human history was not when Neil Armstrong stepped out of a spacecraft on the moon. That's not the greatest step in human history. The greatest step in human history, friend, is when Jesus came down, clothed in flesh, wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the greatest step in human history when God stepped out of heaven and put it clothed in man's flesh. That's the greatest step in human history. And that step is the one where he died. And was buried and three days later rose from the dead. And that's why Jesus can say this. That's why Jesus, when, when he died and came, he rose victorious over what? Death, hell, and the grave. Death and over the sin that brought death. That's what the cross was all about. Our, our sins put him on the cross. And that's why he says, believe in me and you too shall live. He says, believe because I live, you also can live. That's why he says, I'm the resurrection of life. Whoever lives and believes in me, though he were dead, not shall be dead, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never, 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 never die. Never. The climax of Christ's work is the cross. And you might say, Mark, I thought you were going to talk about what happens to those who never hear. We, we don't like, we, in America, we, we, we don't always like the fact that, uh, 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 we, we don't like the fact that ignorance is there. See, what happens to those who never hear? Well, my son Fulton, let's say my son, my son let's say we go home to Tillamook, Oregon, where my dad's a dairy farmer, and, and, uh, and my mom, uh, with my four daughters, plans a tea party, and Fulton goes, to heck with a tea party, this is stupid. And Fulton goes to play in the garage. And when he's in the garage, he realizes there's probably cabinets that should be locked. But Papa's wifeful's not always used to having little boys around. And, and so Fulton's looking around. He gets thirsty. And he sees a bottle over there. And it, it's a cool bottle. It looks like the bottle daddy gets uh, uh, from, from the iced coffee type of a growler type thing. And he goes, he doesn't know that his crossbow... Uh, blackberry spray. He sees a cool picture on it of, of a face with some X's through it. He, has, he can't read and he proceeds to drink some crossbow uh, uh, poison. And then he runs into the, into the yard and he sits down. He gets a little wheezy and let's say he passes out while grandma's playing tea party with a bunch of the granddaughters. Now you might say, you know, if Fulton passes away because he drinks poison, it's not, it's not really fair because he couldn't read. 
I mean, Mark, come on, he's only five years old. He can't read. It's not fair. Nobody told him not to drink it. Grandpa didn't put a lock on the cabinet. You know something? It doesn't matter. Because when you drink poison, you what? Outside of someone stepping in and intercepting that death, there's no hope because it's the nature of poison to what? Kill. But no one told him. Can't read. Doesn't change anything, does it? When I was a kid, some of you are older and here remember this day. Others of you will never even know what I'm talking about. There was a day that, that they used to have capsules. It wasn't pills or gels. It was capsules. And, and, and in Chicago, years ago, someone had uh, gone into the Tylenol factory and opened up capsules and put cyanide in the capsules. So someone has a headache. And so in Chicago one year, multiple people died of cyanide poisoning because they went in for a headache and they didn't have a headache anymore. They died of cyanide poisoning. That's why there's no more capsules. Multiple people, a dozen or so people died in Chicago. Were they the worst sinners in Chicago? No. No one told them it had cyanide. Didn't change the outcome. It's not fair, Mark. Didn't change the outcome. Why? Doesn't change the outcome. It's the nature of poison to kill. So here's my question. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, the Bible says. When death, when sin entered the world, death came with it. So what happens to those who never hear? We don't want to deny, we don't want to put it together, but here's the reality. What does sin do? It kills people. And the only hope for this death that caused by sin is Jesus. What happens to those who never hear? Well, my friend, what happens to those who sin? Sin isn't fair. It kills everything it touches. It's not a respecter of people. Doesn't matter if they didn't hear. Doesn't matter how young they are. It's not fair. Sin kills. See? In Romans, that's why Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And how can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What happens if we don't plant a Bible college in Tanzania? What happens to those who never hear? Church, you can respond to that. You can respond to that. Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, I pray you'd help us to make an impact in the world around us. In Jesus' name. We're so glad you joined us today. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged by these teachings every week. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. Send us an email at mystory@goevangel.org. For more information about our church, check us out online at goevangel.org.